Hello, and welcome to Forgot My Transmitter podcast. Today's show, I chatted with Jason Rudin from Appleton, Wisconsin. He's only been locating for a couple of years, but he has a story of a six pair that got damaged that escalated rather quickly. He also shares a nerve-wracking dehydration experience that is a good reminder for all of us to take care of our health. So let's get started. Today we have Jason. Where are you from, Jason? Appleton, Wisconsin. In Wisconsin, what are the dig laws there? Do you know, in terms of how much time you have to get the locate done? Three business days. Three business days turnaround. Okay. And what about the tolerance? How much, how far can you be off? 18 inches. 18 inches. Okay. Here in Ontario, we have five business days and we can be off by about three feet either side. It's... Oh, that must be nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a little too nice, actually. Yeah, get a little lazy, but but no, we still try to do our best. So how did you become a locator? Look, Ed, I was getting stagnant in my previous job and decided I can paint lines on the ground. Yeah. So I applied, and they thought I was good enough. That's good. So how long have you been locating? Just under two years. Okay. In fact, yeah. my two years is next month. Okay. Yeah. So. so you're you're new enough that you remember what it was like going through all the training, right? Yes. Yeah. What's what's one thing that you wish you knew sooner? Contractors are very pushy. Yes. Yeah. I wish I I wish they would have explained that a little bit better on that side. I primarily do a lot of FOB and huh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You have a contractor on your on your rear end. Yeah. Constantly. Yeah. Oh yeah, it bugs me too, right? They they say, Oh, we're gonna start Friday. It's so frustrating that you show up to locate but they're already working. The machines are idling, waiting for you. Yep. Yeah. And then they're complaining that they've got machines idling. Yeah. So you have to explain what is F O B? Fiber overbuild. Okay. Um, there are currently three telecommunications doing a fiber overbuild in northeast Wisconsin. So it's not fiber to the home specifically, or is it? Some of it, yes, but they're installing all the main fibers, all the main lines right, throughout the entire area. Okay. So we have a lot of that and then a lot of home fibers that are getting installed too and yeah, all at once. Right. So what exactly do you locate for the FOB? Gas, telecommunications, power. Some areas we do sewer. Just a little bit of everything, really. Right, right. Do you work with other other locators as a team, or? This year we started. We we finally have enough people where we can start doing teamwork stuff. It's been scarce to find people that are sticking with. Yeah. Long yeah. enough and to get teams and and all that. Last year, I was by myself most of the time. Yeah. This year, I've so far, I've worked with a lot of other locators, and it's been a lot nicer so far. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, you go a lot faster, right? When you're working with someone else, you can Yeah. figure out problems faster, and you're just a little more motivated, too. Yeah. Yeah. Don't want to be the one to fall behind. No, no, exactly. So do you finally feel comfortable doing locates? Yes. Yeah. 
For the most part, yes. When did it finally click? Towards the end of last summer, it started to really starting to get used to everything and and just remembering to slow down and just do what I can do and don't worry. Yeah. Was there a certain technique or process that helped you get comfortable? Not really one thing. It just it was one of those things in, in my soups and all help and other locators just constantly remind me just don't worry about everything around what's going on just focus on one one locate at a time just get it done one thing at a time and just keep moving yeah don't worry about anything else and it just you know just helps me keep focused and just remember i i can do this i am a decent locator i can just keep telling myself that and yeah do you remember your first really difficult locate? Can you explain that at all? My first difficult locate, yes. In fact, our team is still dealing with that area quite prevalent. We had a contractor who had six, seven drills on the ground in this neighborhood, and we could not find the power. Nobody, and, and we're talking like master techs, had a hard time finding it, and we had to get the energy company involved and open up all the pedestals one by one hook oh, yeah. on and then wow and then find it and and go from there what was the issue we kept getting it mixed up with the abandoned lines that were in the ground and uh, and other telecommunications cable especially they kept hitting stuff because we couldn't quite find it we've had we, we had the contractor pothole where we think it is to see if we were on try to get a better clamp on to try to get a better signal Yeah. on what we know is right. And yeah, it was a grueling summer, my first summer. Wow. So it was, it was the, mainly the power that was? Yeah. The power was, is, is still terrible. Was it just um, between transformers, like the, the high voltage uh, lines or? Yeah. The primary lines from transformer to transformer secondary peds to transformers it all just just sucked was all the telecommunications bonded to common ground was that another issue or no i we, i don't think that was it i really don't know why it was so so difficult but yeah it really was and it it made me rethink my uh, voice yeah quite a few times that oh, first yeah. summer yeah. Yeah. There's a few spots around here where the power is really hard to find. Like it'll only show up on 512 on one street. You go to that other street, it only shows up on 32. And it's not typically where you'd think it would be. They installed it at the curb instead of by the property line where most in most other subdivisions, it's a little farther away from the curb towards the property line. But so it, it it's awful, right? You can run into some really tricky situations. And also in this situation, one of the streets has a high pressure gas line, which has little power on it. So you can't use power mode to confirm that you're on the right signal on the right primary high voltage line. Yeah. And with the, the abandoned stuff, power mode was useless to us. Yeah. It would still so. trickle down that. Yeah. Wow. So do you have any 
memorable damages? Like, is that, did you have some damages from that time there last year, uh, your first summer? Not me, not from that. I had got out in front of a contractor, thought I had marked everything, and I missed a six count uh, drop to a building. Thankfully, oh. it was not active yet. And oh. I had really no way of knowing. I, I couldn't pick it up from, from the handhole, and I just missed, I thought the prints were wrong. And I thought it went up a pole yeah. two feet away. And right. no, they ended up drilling right through that conduit, right through that six pair. And when they pulled back, it strangled around a 96 pair and cut oh. it. Okay. So it was at the main, it was looped around or something. Yeah. Yep. And it set off all these alarms. And before we know it, like before... The contractor myself can call any companies and soups. They showed up on site within half hour. And then there was a side story with with a uh, random bystander who jumped out of a vehicle. And then cops were there. Fire trucks were there. Was, oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. It was a very interesting day. Yeah. Yeah. Bad damage last fall. And the district manager was really sick of it and... And we're like, no more damages. And then three days later or something like that, real soon after this happens, I'm like, I am so getting fired. Yeah. Wow. Kind of like freaking out over it. Calling now my supervisor probably regrets telling me that because I call him every day. Right. Over yeah. everything. Yeah. <laughs> Just want to make sure I don't screw up anymore. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it takes a while to, to understand how they installed things in the ground, right? Like around here, they like to hide splices behind the, the U-guard, the, like the pole drop, so you don't even see it. Yep. And so you, you gotta gotta hunt for it. It's on maps, so where where is this thing? You know, as you, you see this this one cable coming down the pole, but behind the, the U-guard, it splits. And you don't know that. So there's been a few times where like, oh, phew, I'm so glad I saw that. The You know, I, I just peeled the U-guard, cracked it, tried to see what's behind there. And sure enough, there it is. Yeah, we don't we don't have a lot of that. We do have a company who likes to, they'll keep a, like a, a latch for it and they'll put it up too high for us to actually open and clamp onto and you need somebody tall or a ladder of some sort. And oh. I, yeah, huh. it's annoying at times. Yeah. Like, how do you want me to locate this seriously? Yeah. But we don't get a lot of splits coming down. Not that I'm aware of. Not that I've seen, anyways. Right. Coming down poles. Have you heard of any other damages in your area? Like, what's the, what's the biggest damage story in your area? We had mismarked a fiber line, and it got hit and took out nine one one. Oh wow! And that was that one that the DM was really mad about, and yeah, that's it. We've had enough of this. Yeah. It was an unsheathed fiber. Yeah. And they tried to clamp onto it and they thought they had something and they didn't have anything. They bled yeah. off on I don't even know what they bled off on, but yeah, it took out nine one one. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it always helps just to have a little magnet to see if there's yep. if it's shielded, if there's any wrap in there. Yeah, and they and they stress that to us. Like just if in doubt just Put a magnet to it. Yeah. Need a magnet? We'll give you a magnet. Yeah. I carry a magnet. Not on me, but it's in it's in my truck that... Yeah. When I open a handhole, I just... 
make sure I can get it. If it. Yeah. So the companies in your area, are they good at putting a tracer wire with the dielectric? Um, for the most part, yeah. Yeah. We do have one that's got, they aren't always spliced together and they break up real easy. And then we have to call them out to rethread a new tracer wire in the conduit. That's happened a few times. And this is one of the newer FOB stuff that we've had put in. Yeah. So it's more on the contractors, but. Yeah. Around here, some of the stuff doesn't have a tracer wire or the tracer wire got corroded and just fell apart. They just give us measurements off of the road edge, but the road has moved. They've expanded the road. So it's really hard to pinpoint exactly where it is, but they say, oh, just go off the road edge. Okay. As long as you say that's okay, then that's what we're going to do. No, yeah, we're, we're pretty good about or having all the tracer wires or at least ways to get it located. I think I've only ran into a couple times that things were just unlocatable. Yeah. And then we just let the contractor know. They typically already know it's not locatable or they already have an empty conduit. They're just blowing fiber through. Yeah. So they don't really need all that that they call in. No. Do you have any good encounter stories out there? No, not personally, not that I can think of. Um, generally, everybody's been just, they, they've been cool, a lot of questions asked, and I just try to answer them. Sometimes we just joke around like homeowners and stuff. And I mean, Are you putting the fiber into areas that don't have, don't have high-speed internet yet? Uh, yes. Yeah. And actually, I'm not even sure. Yeah, it is fiber out in the country getting one of another fiber out there a fiber i think there's a couple of them going in right now two different companies out in bfe yeah and a lot of people those people were excited uh, can't wait to get away from the old company yeah they're a lot more willing to let you paint up their lawn if they know internet's coming i've had people like i don't want this I, uh, I understand, but your neighbor does. Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, people down the street, they just, they're just going through it. You won't even see it. Yeah. You'll see a guy, little pink paint mark. Yeah. You won't notice. No. And after the rain washes it away, you'll, you'll never know it's there. No. Unless you're the unlucky host that gets the, the pet in back, but they yeah. usually keep them grouped together. So it. Yeah. If you see peds, you know you're going to get one probably. If not, you don't have much to worry about. So Yeah. So what keeps you going every day? Honestly, I, I do feel like I do make a difference out there. I mean, new gas mains and, you know, big pushes, telecommunications and all that new stuff. I mean, we we run the world. Yeah. And, you know, we just save lives one locate at a time. Yeah. As my soup will say. Yeah. That's a good, good saying. So yeah, I like, I don't know. I just like to think I'm part of something bigger that matters. Yeah. So, huh. and one day I hope to be a guy that everybody on the team looks up to. Yeah. And yeah. they can call me and I can figure it out with them and teach them something along the way. Yeah. That's something great to strive for. So what do you, what do you think it takes to be a locator? Um, I always joke insanity and, and 
a lack of a life. Yeah. But honestly, I think it takes a lot of patience and patience. We'll, we'll just keep it at patience. It's just, it's not physically demanding. It is mentally demanding. The frustrations from not being able to pick up anything to, you know, contractors on your, on your tail. I, I think one of the biggest things is stay calm, do what you can do. Just be patient and yeah. One utility at a time. Yep. Yeah. One utility at a time. Yeah. It gets pretty frustrating, right? When you're, when you have multiple utilities to locate, you gotta do gas, then you gotta switch and it's, you gotta mentally switch. Okay. Now communications, I gotta think about all the yep. problems I'm going to face doing this one now. Then you switch, got to do power. What's the most important factor with when you locate power, right? You're always, you're always switching. Yep. And then, and then there's the backyards, the fenced-in backyards, the ones that you can't get into, you yeah. can't complete a locate to get a hold of a homeowner. Yeah. And uh, yeah. sometimes that can be a, a nightmare in itself. Yeah. Actually, we had to get an energy company involved to get into a backyard because the homeowner would not answer his doors, would not return phone calls. And it took the energy company and, and an email to him like, Somewhere along the lines of, if you don't open your fence, we will open your fence. Oh, yeah. I don't know the exact wording. It's just hearsay, I guess, from other locators. That was what was said. So Yeah. Yeah. There's one story around here where the homeowner built a deck over top of their gas meter. So so we went up and I you know, said, we need to get to your gas meter. And the homeowner just refused to do it, like to, to pull up the boards. That's all we were asking. Just just unscrew some of the boards. We're not going to unscrew them because if we break them, you know, we're liable. But if you unscrew the boards and pop them up, and we'll be out, we'll be on our way. We'll be out of here in no time. Didn't want to do that, so ended up calling the the gas company, and they came out, asked politely asked, you know, can you please remove those boards? No, absolutely not. So they went their truck, grabbed their chainsaw, and cut up the deck, and said, we have our hole now. Yeah. So they, yep. we were and, able to locate it. Yeah, we're digging for tracer wires. That people cutting them down. I had one that was down. They cut it down ten inches um, below the soil level, and I did like an eight inch by eight inch, nine inch hole, and I still couldn't find it. And I finally, I called the utility company, and they had rose bushes all real close to oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. Thank God it was winter time, so they weren't. They were cut down, but yeah. I, I, I called them because I didn't want to, because I was about to get my big boy shovel out and find it. And I'm like, if I go any bigger, I'm going to start ripping roots out. And I'd rather have the utility company do it, the gas company do it. Yeah. Because I don't want to be the bad guy. No. no. <laughs> they were nice rose bushes, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Just wrong spot. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand why people have to hide those things. No. People have to access them for all sorts of different reasons. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Like it has a, the shutoff valve. If there's any emergency in your house and they got to shut the gas off quick, you want that to be accessible. Right? Yeah. The homeowners just don't understand that. That's unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. The guy who was training me, he was it's a pretty big guy, tall too. And so if there was a shrub that was right around the meter, it would it wouldn't stop him. He would just step right on it. And so sometimes the homeowner would come out and say, what's going on? What's going on? What are you doing? And he would just stand up. Do you have a problem with that? And no, 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 no problem. 
and I'm a little guy, but yeah. I actually I did step on a on some shrubs today because it was just over encompassing. I heard branches break and yeah, nice indent. It's like, well, nobody nobody yelled at me, but I'm like, don't bury stuff here. Don't plant stuff in front of things. Yeah, yeah, it gets frustrating having yeah. to dig through all that stuff. Sure does. Yeah. Do you have any advice for new hires? Stay hydrated. Stay hydrated, yeah. Stay hydrated, especially in the summertime. Painting is not fun. Heat exhaustion in general is not fun. I've, I've experienced that once. And in fact, I, I did walk out into traffic. I didn't know what was going on. And then all wow. of a sudden, I see a car going 45 miles an hour. Or it was the speed limit anyways. And all of a sudden, I look and step, and I'm in the middle of traffic and had to run back quick. Yeah. and decided I had to go home and yeah. rehydrate and start again. Yeah. So I I always say stay hydrated and don't be afraid to make phone calls. No. I bug my soup every day and I say it's not a working day unless I bug them. Unless I yeah. talk to them, it's not a working day. Yeah. So don't yeah. don't ever be afraid to call anybody. Everybody's should be willing to help you if not then they really are in the wrong business. So because everybody's learning, and, and we have a lot of new people on our team, so and we keep adding every week. So, Wow. How many people are in your district? I think we have high 50s, low 60s. Okay. I think we're shooting for 90, but yeah, we're, we're slowly getting there. A lot of new techs out in the field, and everybody's just willing to help everybody, and, yeah. and we're getting a lot of fiber coming in. Yeah. If everything that my soups have told me is true, we were basically ground zero for FOB work. We got slammed all at once and nobody was expecting it or knew what was coming until it was already there. Right. And we are, we had at 1.20 locators and 100 drills on the ground. And that's just the FOB stuff, that's not including the regular everyday production tickets for landscaping and stuff. And No. Well. Yeah, it, it was nuts. I remember a lot of people quitting. We had a high turnover rate in my first dig season because it was just so demanding and a lot of hours being put in. And nobody really understood. Like, even the supervisors didn't realize how bad it was going to be. And then they came up with the plan and... They're giving us all the resources that we need and trying really hard to get as many locators as humanly possible to put paint on the ground. Yeah. And it's made a big difference so far, I think. We're kind of slow now in the wintertime, but we're starting to pick up. Like, the snow is starting to melt. We see a lot of mud now. Yeah. Tickets are starting to come up a little bit. So we've got 60 people that can put paint on the ground. Wow, that's good. I'm actually kind of excited. Yeah. Hopefully not working every other weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it's just a couple weekends during the dig season, if at all. Yeah. Yeah. So here we used to have that. We had that problem about two years ago where it was just those huge, huge ticket dumps for the fiber and regular tickets. And it was just pretty overwhelming. But then there was a legislation that said the fiber companies, if they're installing fiber, they have to hire a dedicated team. So it's, they have dedicated locators. They, they can hire their own locators to stay ahead of their own drills or they can hire like a third party company to do all the locating, but they have to basically take charge of their own project, including the locator. 
so our company kind of sounds nice. Yeah, so so it finally separated these big fiber jobs from the the regular tickets. So our company does both, where we have a dedicated. It's called a dedicated team. So I'm on the dedicated team now. We're in, in front of the drills, and we don't do any regular tickets. And then there's a whole other team that does does the regular stuff. That's kind of what we have. We have we have an FOB team. We have a regular projects team for all the you know electric rebuilds and gas rebuilds and and various road projects and then we have our regular production team and we're going to split that production team up too from what i understand into drop team so all the new fiber drops that are coming in we have a team dedicated to that as well right so we're trying to get the numbers so we can split us all off and not have as much to worry about yeah that's good yeah. Yeah. That's the only way to make it efficient, right? Is if, if one team is doing one specific project. Yeah. But you have to have the locators. Oh yeah. So yeah. that's the big, that was the biggest problem that we've, we've had is we just don't have enough people to do it. No. So I just have a few more questions here. What is your opinion on witching? Black magic. Yeah. I know a locator. I'm sure other locators can, but she'll witch lines just to see if she's on. If we, I, I know there was one instance that she came out to help find a, a power line that I could not pick up for the life of me. And uh, she ended up dotting it out, and then she witched it, and then we looked again, and everything just kind of lined up, and we're just like, it's got to be here. We'll just paint it a little wider and, and hope it's there. <laughs> but, yeah, I had an old guy once try to teach me on the job, like just a homeowner. I was locating his gas line and he said he, he pulled out his little witcher and he's like it's right here pull up my thing and you're wrong it's not there yeah i don't know what you're located but that's not the gas line no but then he taught me how to do it and i haven't had any luck with it but right i used to be able to do it back it'd be 20 years ago when i was working at a, a kid's camp and they just buried everything in the ground just every which way so i would try to find water lines and it, it was I had a pretty good success rate at finding the water lines with it but then once I looked it up trying to figure out how it worked I I couldn't I couldn't unthink that I couldn't get that out of my head to, to get my head clear enough to actually do it again so I have no idea what it is she had a theory on it my coworker and I don't remember it but it made sense when she explained it to me I do remember it made sense but I just don't remember what it was right I'm hoping to have more, get some more veterans of the locator industry to get their opinions on it too. Because I know I've talked to a few of them and they're, they're saying there's something there and we should start talking about it more. Maybe try to figure this out. So it might actually be a, you know, a good tool to use if we can figure out how it actually works. Well, it, it worked that one time for us, I think. I mean, we never got a damage on it. So it, yeah. Yeah. we were on it some way somehow, but... Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you also got to think the abandoned stuff. You might pick up abandoned stuff too, which might make it less effective. Yeah. And there's more and more stuff that gets abandoned every day. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know if it would be a, a tool to really use. Maybe just, okay, I think I've got something. Maybe which it, I mean, see if something's at least there. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't ever bank on it. 
No. That's just me, so. No. It's good. Okay, another question. What's worse, a Karen or a crackhead? Oh, I've ran into a crackhead. Yeah. And I've ran into a grumpy old guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he he was something else. I would say a Karen. Yeah. The the two crackheads that I ran into just were just trying to relate and trying to talk and just carry a conversation that you could hardly understand and, and figure yeah. out what the hell they were even talking about. Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, that grumpy old guy, he was giving me grief for 45 minutes while just trying to do my job. Yeah. It was a duplex. Yeah. I got permission from one side, not the other. They had adjoined backyards and huh. it's like, ah, no, thank you. Yeah. I'd rather deal with crackhead. Yeah. Everyone I ask so far has said Karen. That would be the worst. Yeah. Of course, the ultimate locator nightmare would be a Karen on crack in a trailer park. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Have you had I, to do any trailer I'm parks? Imagining. Have you had to do any um, trailer parks? I've done two trailer parks, and they are a nightmare. Yeah. An absolute nightmare. Dozen drops. Yeah. <laughs> going yeah. all which ways. And you don't know where you're going. No. No. You don't know if you're bleeding or not. Did you have to do power in there too? This one I got luckier. These two, they were aerial. Right. So the power was aerial. It was just the communications and the gas. Right. So. Yeah. As long as there's only tricky one in the ground, then you're okay. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those aren't so bad. When you only have to do one, two, you get all like a four-way locate and you're just like, Come on. Yeah. And fighting all the backyards. and. Yeah. When was the last time you forgot your transmitter? I forgot my transmitter two years ago. Green Bay, which is 25, 30 minutes away from where I am. I left my whole bag, transmitter, receiver, paint stick. Huh. I left it in Green Bay. I had to go to the bathroom so bad. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah. bond up, go, go, go. <laughs> yeah. And then didn't realize that I had left it behind until the next morning and then had to take a 25, 30-minute drive, grab it, take another 25, 30-minute drive, come back to the area that I'm supposed to be locating. Yeah. Late start that day. Yeah. Oh. Um, I did have a buddy who left his behind hooked up to a gas meter overnight. Oh, yeah. yeah, he asked me to grab it, and I said, no problem, and then I forgot about it. Oh, no. It's a double double forgot. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then left on. It was still running the next morning. Yeah. So yeah. batteries didn't completely die. Right. What equipment do you use? RD8000 and like a TX10. Okay. Does your whole team use the RD stuff? Yes. So half of us use like the old 8,000 models. Some of us are running 8,100s and some people are getting the new 8,200s. Okay. Which make a weird beat to me. Their oh. beats are weird. Oh. Huh. So, but I use an 8,000. Okay. And I think I became a better locator once I got the 8,000. Oh, why is that? The 8,100 had the peak null that I was that somebody taught me how to use. Oh, the um, arrows? And I relied heavily on that. Yeah, the arrows. And it ran me into trouble a couple times, and yeah. the 8,000 doesn't work as well, so everybody chose it just to stay away from it in the 8,000, so right. yeah. I now become a better locator because of it, so now I don't rely on the peak null mode. 
Right. Yeah. I whenever I'm training someone, I put them in peak mode. I call it peak probation. I take the arrows off. No no null arrows. You get trained to look at the peak, the graph only. Yep. Right? That's the best way to stay on top of what you're locating. The arrows, yep. the um, null is just just a secondary confirmation. Yeah, we we are trained on peak and then null to confirm. Yeah. But then look at your milliamps too and make sure you've got decent milliamps and don't forget your sweep. That's right. Yeah. Don't forget your sweep. Yeah. And the depth is, I think it's really crucial for power, right? Because it has to, I don't know, in, in your area, but in this area, the power has to be at least, I think it's three feet deep. So it's always good to check your depth as you're going along to make sure that, that you're still on that, that power. Because if it jumps up pretty high, you know you're on a service wire or something. Yep, I think that's where our power is supposed to be too, about three feet. Yeah. A lot of the older areas, we have one communication that will be, it, I mean, if they're buried in the same year, they're going to be buried joint. Right. I don't know how it is around there. And then we have a newer one that should not be buried joint in the older neighborhoods. And sometimes you get that, the power and and the newer communication mixed up. Yeah. And then you you start having joint trenches where there should not be three, there should only be two. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's another thing that we just have to look out for. And that one's usually two feet, that newer communications, about two feet. And I shouldn't say newer. I mean, it's been around forever, but they weren't there in the 70s. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they usually buried like two feet. And that's how you really tell the difference. That's how I do anyways. Yeah. And even then, I I I got caught on a dog fence once. Bled right off on a dog fence oh, in 512. Yeah. yeah, wow. On a, on a power line. And I'm like, what the heck? Yeah. And I, I couldn't, I never came to mind. I called another locator over. As soon as he hooked up and, and got to that area, he's like, dog fence. And I just kind of looked down in shame, like, yeah. Oh. Dog fence. I've only seen a couple of dog fences and thankfully it didn't, didn't bleed off, but yeah, you always have to be mindful of that for sure. Yeah. It's nice when they have it marked out and then you know, but this one didn't have any flags letting me know that it was there. It, it did take a really, just an odd, I was locating a street light. That's what it was. And all of a sudden it, it was two feet, two feet, two feet. And all of a sudden foot and a half foot. All of a sudden, I had it nine inches and clean tone. And I'm like, streetlights wouldn't be buried this shallow. And I called my soup, and I'm like, streetlights aren't buried this shallow, are they? Like, no. And I kind of explained it to him, and he told me to call the locator over, and the other locator came and hooked up, and dog fence. It's like, oh, dog fence. Yeah. Yeah, it's surprising how it bleeds off on such a teensy tiny wire right? Yeah. I don't know if it's just the way, because it's a closed loop or I don't know, or maybe it's tied in with the power in the house or something. Who knows? Maybe, probably more than likely. Yeah. I know if there's a dog fence, we can't locate 8K, then we'll get a lot of distortion and, and mixed up signals. 9.8 or 33 is what I personally use to get past a dog fence. So that, is that the frequency that the dog fence is on? 
I think so. I, that's what I, I was told one time. Right. So if I start getting distorted signal on something, I just switch it to 33 and assume there's a dog fence. Yeah. And like this street light, I was in 512 and just kind of threw me that I'd bleed off in 512 on yeah. such a tiny little wire. Yeah. So yeah. once oh, I yeah. figured out what it was. Yeah, even in 512, you still got to be on high alert because it could still bleed yeah. off. Yeah. I had one, there was a, a, a fiber and it crossed an abandoned copper and a regular copper cable and a steel gas line. So it pretty much sat on top of each. So it was 512 was, was bleeding on each one as it crossed those. So you got to be super careful, even on 512. Thanks a lot, Jason, for doing this on the second episode here, for being another guinea pig as I figure this out. And appreciate your perspective as a two-year locator that you gave us uh, some good opinions on what it takes to be a locator. I hope somebody finds use in my knowledge here and glad to be a part of this. So thank you very much. That concludes today's episode. If you would like to be a guest on the show, please visit ForgotMyTransmitter.com for instructions on how to submit your info. And remember, don't forget your transmitter.